You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I am your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, David Hall. Good afternoon. No ball game tonight. Shane Chastain. How we doing? Tony Groves. Evening, gentlemen. Will Gibson. Hey, what's up, everybody? And special guest, Jeff Carollo. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Hey, welcome. Today's special guest segment brought to you by SimLab Racing Sim Products. SimLab provides quality sim racing chassis to suit your sim racing needs. Check them out at sim-lab.eu. All right, Jeff, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, we like to get to know uh, all the iRacers who come on, so I'm going to start with a little Q&A here. Uh, first, what first brought you to iRacing? When did you first hear that word, and what did you do about it? Well, I played a lot of like well driving games my entire life, to be honest. And uh, one day I was sitting at the house, I was kind of bored. That's where everything I do is comes out of boredom. And I went and bought a steering wheel and pedals. And 10 minutes later, subscribed to iRacing, and I absolutely fell in love and have not stopped playing since. Okay, very good. And so uh, tell us what you're actually racing uh, on a regular basis. Is it official, league-hosted? Um, we do a lot of official, um, but we are, once a week, we are in a PRL league. Um, so we are always on. We're always in service. You'll catch our cars quite often. Okay, very good. I see you're running a bunch of uh, IMSA races, it looks like, and official anyway. Yeah, that's where me and uh, Jeff run. That's one big thing. That's where me and Jeff uh, run into each other a lot and uh, several of his teammates. All right, very good. Uh, so, any oval? Uh, uh, I see a little dirt racing. Do you do any oval stuff? or? To be honest, um, once in a blue moon, I'll hop on there, like for a kind of in between, like in between road races or just to get out of the, the left and right turning phase, like I'm feeling that day. Um, I'm not that big into it, but our team is really big into oval. Um, well, the other half of it is almost, like I said, I, I'm basically one of the people who run the roadside. So that's kind of where my main focus is, especially for PRL and our league races and whatnot. Okay. So tell us a little bit more about your team and, uh, uh, what makes up that team? All right. <clears throat> so one sim basically started off as, a. A big oval squad. That's where we, the main the base was. And uh, me and one of my buddies, uh, James Hebb, we were racing for another team prior. And they were doing a couple of endurance races. But him and I were trying to get it into a car, but we couldn't <clears throat> get into a car because they were all full. We tossed the idea around about just getting into a car, building our own team. Built our own team. And then a couple of weeks later, we met the Onesome guys. And they were thinking about putting a roadside together. And uh, we talked, we mer basically me and James created our own team and merged over to them. And ever since then, I mean, we've been coming out swinging. That was our goal um, for the road, just to come out and not be bottom split and make sure we are fighting for at least top fives, top tens every race. Um, that's our goal. Uh, none of us aim to be uh, the slowest car on the track. We all actually want to compete and win, which is the biggest thing that we all have the drive for. All right. Sounds like a good group. Uh... Have you got a chance to run the new tire model at all? And what do you think about that? Um, honestly, it's pretty cool in Skip Barbers. I had a blast with it. 
Um, I ran a little of the K&N cars. My only complaint was I was turning and the tire blew out of nowhere. But I mean, that's probably me because I don't know how to save tires in oval and in road. I just am one of those drivers who, if I'm not pushing, I'm in a wall. And that's because I pushed too hard. So the tire model of Skip Barbers is fantastic. I loved it, uh, how it actually has a real feel to it, to where the tire actually has to heat up to gain traction and have grip to it. And it actually makes an effect. It's fantastic. Um, but with the going to GTE, I think it would be a hard transition, especially for the fact that the tires can blow out. Um, it might throw a really hard curveball in a lot of people's drive styles. Okay, very good. I will change the formula for us on, that, on whether on those IMSA races not uh, taking tires or not. Yeah, it could uh, change the strategy, huh? All right, let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, tell us about your hardware. What kind of wheels, pedals, monitors, VR, computer, any third-party software when you race? So <clears throat> I run on a Fanatec wheel uh, in base, the CSL with the <clears throat> F1 V2. I absolutely love it. It has I can use all the buttons. I can. It's great. I use the CSL pedals with the load cell. Work good for me. Um, my rig, uh, we just picked up a sponsorship with GTR simulators. Um, they are fantastic. I love it. And, um, I actually just upgraded to their triple monitor setup. Um, they, that is the setup supports up to a 39 and I was actually looking at screens and everyone's like, Oh, 27 or 32. But me being who I am, it's either you go big or you don't do it at all. I'm running three 39 inch monitor, uh, screens, uh, 1080p, um, I can see almost everything. I'm pretty sure I'll go blind in about a year of driving on them, but uh, it's awesome. Everything feels sturdy. Like can't complain at all. Not one single bad word or bad thing to say about it. So you doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's too big. You know, like, uh, does it feel like the, the, when you're seeing the cars are bigger than they should be kind of thing when you're on that big of monitors? Um, in my opinion, the way I got the resolution, I got the, my view set and resolution, it looks out pretty well. Um, I'm running 5760 by 1080 and I basically pulled my view back almost as far as possible. The view, um, my point of my field of view so that I can actually like this, the cluster and everything looks like a real size cluster in front of you. It's not like oversized or too small. Um, everything fits well with that size screen, especially for me. Um, some people might would can possibly complain about it, but um, the way I adjusted it, the screens are back a little farther, so they're not touching me, touching my nose, which helped a lot with the setup. The adjustability was great with it, um, with how they had their stand go on, so it actually worked out pretty well. Okay, and what do you think about the sturdiness of that mo uh, triple monitor mount? I mean, triple monitor mounts that are good are hard to find, uh, especially for big monitors like that. I mean, do you are you happy with the mount? I'm not going to lie. I'm extremely happy. Um, they said 39 and I was kind of nervous about it when I was at the store buying them and they're like how it was going to fit and how it was going to work and how they were going to stand. And, um, the way they work, I mean, I have it hooked up. I mean, the mount, they're all mounted up to the rails and everything. And I can literally, I can shake my rig around and nothing moves. I mean, everything's a hundred percent stable and sturdy where it is. Um, that was the only thing I was nervous about or any movement with force feedback. And I mean, my wheel, not even my wheel, I mean, I'll move before any of the rig moves. Uh, I was quite impressed um, to be dead serious with it. Uh, a couple of my other teammates were thinking about going to that now after I tried it out and running it. And it's great, great. Love it. Yeah, triples, I love it too. 
All right. Uh, what about when you're racing? Any uh, third-party software or fourth monitor stuff going on? Um. Yeah. So my computer that I race on. So I have two computers. I have my iRacing computer, then my secondary computer. Um, my iRacing one, I basically will just run my OBS for my stream. Um, and um, crew chief. My second computer, I will always have up on my left-hand side, which I have my other monitors hooked up to. And that's where, like, I'll have, um, like, a second overlay of Discord in case I need to look over and see or my Twitch chat. But um, both my computers kind of run really solo off of each other, uh, for away from each other. They don't really – some people use one computer to stream and one to game on. I mean, my computers are two completely different entities besides the same say, – uh, use the same internet. Um, so there's no real connection between them. But, I, I mean, I'm able to use them both to benefit me in one, 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 one way in general which is really nice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a good way to go. All right, tell us next uh, your most memorable moment in iRacing so far. My most memorable? Um, it was honestly my first 24-hour race um, of Daytona. Um, that was one of the best races. I, I mean, there's a couple of good ones, uh, but... Like Daytona was my most was my first endurance race, full twenty four hours. Um, we had uh, actually no, I would not say Daytona. I'll say um, the Le Mans one, the twenty four. When me and James first put our team together, which now is one sim, uh, we started off with just two of us, planned it less than a week ahead of time, got four of us together. We started off killer. Elijah started. Um, James went in next. I mean, we were fighting hard. Um. I went in the next morning. I went to sleep because I had to get my kids up in the morning. We had a third driver overnight. He had some technical issues, knocked us back. I mean, we were 10 laps down from the next position in LMP1. We were behind every HPD in our field. And uh, I got we got back on. And, I mean, dude, we drove really hard. We got back up to third place in LMP. Uh, we passed the other two that are ahead of us. We made it back from all the HPDs that were ahead of us. And then our other driver had to leave for some family issues. I mean, with the amount of driving and the amount of like that me, James and Elijah stepped up, it really proved to me like, wow, this is gonna be a good base of a team. So like we built off of it and that's what really helped set us forward as a squad. Um, honestly, that's probably one of the biggest, most memorable races we've had there just due to the fact of it helped us build this team that we're in now and it built, a really good relationship with us all, especially with the other driver having to leave, right? Like an hour before his stint, he goes, dude, I have to go. Uh, me and James had to be like, sit down and be like, all right, how are we splitting up this five hours between the only two of us left? Because Elijah had to go to a work meeting, which we planned ahead of time. But it really set us forward to like how we're going to build this base. And it turned out great. Yeah. Those endurance races will definitely bring people together, figure out who, uh, who has the strengths and who doesn't that kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, we, we go through the same thing. We're, we're David, you kind of been starting to think about the 24 hours of Daytona, right? And you and Shane uh, kind of tentatively planning. Uh, we had two teams we fielded last year. I'm sure we'll throw three or four down next year. I'd, I'd love to try the C7, but I hate the C7 still. So probably be running the Ferrari again and have a blast in it. That's still my favorite car on the roadside. Okay. All right, Jeff, tell us next. Uh, you, you came on to talk about a race, I understand, a charity race that's coming up. Uh, tell the listeners uh, about it and how to get involved. 
All right, so um, yeah, we're holding a uh, breast cancer awareness race. We kind of threw it together really quick. Um, we had a lot of people backing it. Um, of course, our sponsor, GTR Simulators, is definitely backing and helping push us for drivers. Um, it's all nonprofit. So only thing we're asking for is a, any donation for an entry. I mean, we have it listed at $20 entry just per car. It's a four-hour race at um, Road America on the 27th Sunday. Uh, 3 p.m. Eastern is the race start. Uh, we'll have the session up an hour before, and we have a 15-minute qualifying. Um, we, we, we're really pushing hard for it, and it's all nonprofit, like I said. So all broadcast. We got Apex TV. Um, we talked to them, and they're going to be broadcasting it. So we're paying. It's all out of pocket. Um, none of the donations are going towards it at all. Like, we're even encouraging people to donate to outside foundations if they want. And, I mean, if you just... Donate to an outside foundation, and when you register, to show a uh, proof of um of donation, so we get your car and get you in the league. But I mean, we've had lots of people show interest. It's just kind of hard to grind it together as quick as we have. Um, we do have thirteen cars and thirty-two drivers right now, or thirty-four drivers and fourteen cars. Um, we are still have another week to go, hoping to get more people into it. We'd like to see at least twenty-three car, twenty twenty-three cars. Um. Is pushing it right now for the show to get it out there. All right, so a week from Sunday, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern, and it'll be in the league or hosted. And uh, how do they sign up? Is there a place to go? Yeah, um, there is a Google Doc and a flyer. Um, if you, I have it up on my Twitter. Is honestly the easiest way to find it. Um, one, at one sim cracka k r a k u h. Um, I'll have it up there. Uh, if you go to my profile, there will be a Google Doc and sign-up information. And if you have any questions, feel free to message us. Uh, any uh, Anyone's willing to help. Um, that's most definitely the easiest way to get a hold of us. Uh, we'll get you in the Discord. We'll have all information about the race and the event or any news coming up on it. And, I mean, hopefully, like I said, we're just trying to get get the people to get in there. I mean, this is, this is going to be a fun race. We have a, quite a few teams, um, quite a few big donations towards it and uh where our counter is actually pretty high day one um from a one team that we're good friends with the rsr boys uh made a really hefty push and donation and i mean we have day one we had four three teams register and we had over 300 dollars raised about 300 dollars raised all right well it is a breast cancer awareness month and uh, a lot of people run in the pink paints and uh, this is another way to get involved and hey you're going to be racing you might as well do it for charity right oh yeah definitely i mean everyone i had someone say that's like oh it's a high entry fee and i'm like it's not an entry fee i mean we're not charging you because we're saying hey we want you to pay for the broadcast we're doing it for a cause i mean like i said everything else in the league is all out of pocket we're paying for the league we're paying for the session we're paying for the broadcast and I'm not going to name say how much the cast costs, but I mean a four-hour cast. I mean it's not cheap, and like we're it's all out of pocket, hundred percent out of pocket. Yeah, and that's good uh, to try to bring people together and you get everybody to pitch in twenty bucks. That that makes a difference. But uh, well, Jeff Carollo, I appreciate you coming on and telling us about your race coming up, twenty seventh on the Sunday, a week from Sunday. Um, Tell us again how they find you on social media or if they want to watch your stream uh, and that kind of thing. Um, you can go to my stream. It's just on twitch.tv backslash cracka, K-R-A-K-U-H. 
Um, or if not, on Twitter, one sim cracker, uh, K R A K U H again. Um, well, all one word. Um, we're pretty active there, and that's like I said, that's where if you go on my Twitter, we will have all of the information about the event and the sign up doc there, and any other information you need. All righty. Well, thank you, Jeff, for coming on. Uh, let's get into iRacing news, but first we want to. Remind everybody that iRacers Lounge podcast Oval Series in the Podium Esports uh, has a mix of the B and C car. Uh, they're on break right now. They run again uh, next week, I think. So uh, that ought to be interesting. Chicagoland. All right, let's talk uh, news next. Uh, we have a Twitter from a well-known uh, NASCAR business uh journalist called adam stern he said iRacing is looking for a new title sponsor for the e-nascar series with peak auto set to vacate the role after this year following a multi-year run per steve myers myers says that iRacing is having its best ever year membership wise and that the esports series is growing any surprises i was kind of surprised by this well, yeah, especially after you just said like they're you know they're having their their best year, um, and uh, sorry, the peak series is was absolutely huge this year with the broadcast and all the fanfare and extra money put into it. It I find that very odd that they would pull out the the first year into uh, this format. Yeah, but we don't we don't know if it was they pulled out or is somebody asking for uh more money you know since it has grown so much the the property the is way uh more valuable now well i think that's what it is i it was we don't know if it was a renewal year or what but you can't imagine it's the same price it, it's got to be a larger price a lot of the prize pool this time came from the uh from the team owners paying a buy-in right so, big shoes to fill, guys. Uh, what's going to happen if we don't get a sponsor is the first thought I, I had. I'm, sh- I'm sure they'll find somebody to sponsor it. Um, I just, I'm just so used to calling it the Peak Series and Peak Drivers. Hopefully they get something with a, a decent name. Nothing, uh, nothing too weird there. <laughs> right. Uh, and, you know, Peak, you know, from their point of view... Man, they really did have a, a connection with the series, you know, a long-term connection. And you think that maybe they could step up and to keep it going, especially as it's growing. But I guess some, you know, they step it away. I'd say it's almost like when Winston left the Cup Series. I mean, I think we'll all always know it as the Peak Series, no matter what they call it. Um, so from that perspective, I think. I mean, they definitely got their money's worth. I mean, a ten-year deal. They uh, they definitely built a brand there. Now, one thing I was talking about in our team thread was my thought would be NASCAR has a new sponsorship they're working on. They they don't have a title sponsor next year, and so they're going to have individual companies sponsor groups of races. And so they have already announced one. I think Geico is going to uh, uh, run as the NASCAR sponsor in a group of races. And they're going to have other companies pick up other groups of races. My idea is NASCAR bundles that sponsorship with not only their Xfinity and their truck series, but the but this series, this e-NASCAR series as well. And it's a trickle-down effect. 
this would be known as the Geico, you know, series, at least for several races. And then it would switch to the other sponsor. You know, whatever NASCAR sponsor is the sponsor of this race. And it would really blend and tie uh, this e-NASCAR more to NASCAR, you know, and tie it at the hip even more, I think, if they shared the same sponsorship. And I think this gives them more value when selling sponsorships for the real-life cars as well. I mean, everybody knows esports is growing. I think this just gives them an added value to help sell those sponsorships as well. They kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, kind of like Parker was talking about one point was let a sponsor get in cheap on an e-car, and then if they like it, then we get them into real NASCAR, you know? Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm optimistic. I think, you know, with the good uh, upturn that we've had, uh, you know, hopefully sponsorship will fall into place, but uh, but you just never know. You never know. Then our next story actually kind of goes right along the same times as we're looking at the uh, peak in NBCSN broadcast info. We have a link with uh, to some Google Trends as well as a forum thread where quite a, quite a few members are talking about how well it went. Uh, there was a huge spike on Thursday, and I think it's also neat kind of seeing which states – or have the most popular. You can set, definitely see the Southeast represented, but there's some Midwestern states, including uh, Wisconsin, that are that are definitely showing up as well. As well, it's pretty neat. Yeah, this uh, page you clicked on is actually updated. If you backdate it to when the broadcast was um, of the NBC uh, Homestead race, it's a huge, huge spike. I mean, a huge. I mean, it was like. Uh, tenfold, twentyfold people were, you know, searching iRacing, trying to see what it's all about. So pretty neat. If you also look at like related topics, um, there's been a big jump on iRacing membership, iRacing gift cards. So this is definitely you could see the trend that it's helping iRacing as well as the NASCAR esports side of things. Yeah, I mean it, it's real easy to take this Google Trends page and see a, a direct correlation between the broadcast and the searching of, of iRacing terms on the internet. But there is a big forum uh, post about the viewership of NBC. Like uh, people are trying to speculate like how many viewers did they get. After reading the thread, I don't even know if there's uh, any kind of answer. There's just lots of speculation. It's gotta be so much harder just for advertisers to know whether where their dollars are going because it's not back like you know when you had just the three channels or even just cable you could it was pretty easy to kind of estimate your viewership but now you're talking google searches people streaming um it's just it's got to be so much harder to really calculate how much your advertising dollar is going for all right let's keep moving well we got the nascar iRacing pro series has a new home for broadcasting yeah, Podium Esports is actually going to be the broadcaster for the iRacing Pro Series this winter. Um, they're going to provide flag-to-flag coverage. It, um, I think two weeks ago or a week ago, they said there was going to be nobody broadcasting it. So uh, definitely going in the right direction. It'd be neat to see how they do. And it'd be a break from Race Spot. I think they do a great job. But it'll be also cool to see what uh, someone else can do um, with these broadcasts. Yeah, yeah, we like those guys over at Podium, and they do a great job on their broadcast, so uh, that's great. Now, I think we also said on a previous week that the bottom split boys, uh, whoever we call them, they were going to do the broadcast as well. Well, either way, it's a good thing. I remember uh, around the, the time Peak was getting ready to fire back up last year, several of us 
been a little disappointed that the pro series just kind of happened and we didn't even really hear that much about it yeah and we got people in there like ray alfala who's a previous champion uh he has to race his way back into the peak series it should be fun to watch see if his luck continues there'll be a huge percentage of peak fans that want to watch this series solely to see how he does so i'm definitely glad it's being broadcast all right so podium check them out tony tell us about uh thrustmaster rallycross world championship yeah well uh mitchell de picks up his first win in the uh in the rallycross series um this is the uh round two of the uh nine race championship don't know if it's much of a surprise that he's picked up a win i mean i'm sure that was kind of inevitable um but that win uh that puts him in first place so far yeah and i watched this and it's a typical rally race it's decided in the first corner really and uh in this race they actually all went in there and uh, most of them piled up uh, i think uh bobby Zelensky got the raw end of it but Mitchell DeJong made it made it through there, and uh, he you know once he's out front, there's no catching him. I mean, and, and and so he just won the race. And so the the rest of the race is all about when do you take the Joker lap? Uh, if you're in traffic or maybe right behind somebody, take the Joker early and get ahead of the guy, and then you have clean track. That's what it was all about: is strategy when to take that Joker, because they're pretty much running the same lap times, and so it's. There's not much passing on the track, per se, after that first corner. Yeah, that video that's uh, posted shows um, shows that first corner really well. Was that uh, Zelensky that kind of got punted off almost right into the wall? Yeah, he definitely got the raw end of it, yep. Yeah, I noticed a couple other guys that got off track a little bit, but they were able to um, uh, make, make their way back without a whole lot of incident. Bobby got held up there for, for a fair bit. All right, very good. Will, how about USAC World Championship? Yeah, James Eden picked up his first win of the year at Kokomo. Um, he had to hold off Alex Bergeron and championship leader David Heilman at the end of the feature. Um, pretty much same thing as it has been the last few weeks. Uh, racing's really good. Um, a couple cautions kind of break the show up, but uh, all in all, just another good event. Yeah, I missed this one for some reason, but uh, darn it. All right, Shane, how about how has iRacing influenced your love for real racing? Yeah, we've got a forum poll. Uh, Ryan Reeves asked the question, do you attend or watch professional racing because of iRacing? And uh, the results were 25% said yes, 12 no's, and uh, the other 62 said they were already a fan of racing before they joined. Huh. I would, I'm in the 62%, I think. I was a fan before I joined. Easily, and that's part of what we really enjoy about about this is that we can be get so much more of the same experience as the real guys compared to some of your other games. Well, I think My it's more participates than like, a watch. Watch with the eye racing, you're able to experience other styles of racing that aren't always appeared on, like showed on TV. Like they don't always show full endurance races or. Um, certain series don't always show so you're able to watch these virtual races which helps honestly bring people into the sport more where they'll find a way like through apps or however they got to watch the real real races because they realized how intense it can be from even a virtual sim to the real thing and people don't realize that yeah i really think our growth is 
the casual NASCAR fan who's just watching NASCAR, who's interested in it, but wants to take it to another level and participate. And I think it's all about participation. It's so much fun to be out there racing. I think that's really what it's about. I think you, uh, you nailed, nailed it right on the head. At least that was what it was for me. Um, the, the biggest thing that I got out of it was now I can, um, have a much better understanding of what the, what the drivers are, are going through and, and facing on, you know, each particular track. I mean, it's not a clear cut view, but, um, it's a heck of a lot better than what I had, um, before I started doing this eye racing. I, I think it gives you a very good insight about what the real driver is going through. I mean, just look at Talladega, for example. I mean, you watch the NASCAR Talladega race, and I think I, I saw our team saying, this looks like bottom split NIS, you know, the way they were wrecking out there. The 24 from people who watch it on TV and like stuff like that, you're talking about experience and how real, real drivers feel. You don't really notice like how the lack of sleep and is to trying to focus, even though, like I said, you're not driving a real car, but I mean, it feels like it at, at points of a 24 hour race and sleeping for four hours here and there. If you're lucky, depending on your stints, I mean, it opens your eyes. Like when do you eat? When do you pee? When do you go to the bathroom? I mean, it's, it's insane. Do you wear a diaper? <laughs> right? No. Or the, be one of those guys who tries to do it solo, you know? All right, let's keep moving. Tony, uh, we got an email about open-wheels.com Indy 500. Yep, they're uh, hosting a 500-mile race at Indianapolis this November on iRacing. Um, the race will feature many of the same traditions and pageantry that is seen at IMS each Memorial Day weekend, plus a prize pool of nearly $2,500 that the drivers will be fighting for. Uh, apparently the event has over 80 entries already and are expecting more before o the October 25th deadline. Many uh, open wheel racing's best have already registered with tons of top split experience to go around. So here it is, the uh, October 25th is the deadline to, to get in on this race. November so 7th. Indy cars? IndyCar, yeah. Indy 500, so... Uh, yeah, I got an email from this guy, Tanner Watkins, and he wanted us to uh, talk about his uh, upcoming race to try to get people involved. Uh, if you want to race with some of the best IndyCar drivers out there, this is uh, where you want to be. And so their website is open-wheels.com. So that's where you go to get signed up. So we love talking about the crossovers between the real world and the uh, virtual world with iRacing, and here's another great crossover. I look at, I've got a tweet from, I'm sorry, I got a Kevin Kevin Lenarelli, and uh, he's got a picture of his modified with the iRacing sponsorship on it. They're racing at it at uh, Thompson Speedway tonight, and um, you look at the picture, and for a second, you're wondering if you're actually looking at iRacing until you see actual people standing next to the car. It's it's always great to see those colors on the real cars. The old red, white, and blue, huh? I love that paint job too. You know, that's a kind of a modern look to it. All right, Shane, you got another poll for us. The biggest thing in iRacing that we're missing. People want the moon. That is what they ask for, isn't it? They ask for the moon. Um, I mean, this has got to be the VR people, right? Moon in the sky? Like, I can't see the sky. What do you <laughs> think, David? You you want to you want to see the moon while you're zipping around? Yeah. Uh 
you know, the people who do complain about VR tend to tend to complain about it not being realistic and immersive enough uh, because of the resolution or whatever. Uh, I'm okay with turning my settings down as long as I can see what I need to see because I'm one of those guys who does not see scenery when there's a when I'm trying to make sure I don't run over a car in the next uh, apex. You've got so much stuff on your dash. I'm surprised you can see the road. Well, all all of that is below the the it's down below the sight line the red line you, it's all below the windshield i i like the idea i mean think of the lamar in the dark and how dark it was this year think if there was a full moon and and what kind of the how would the lighting change you know if it was a full moon or a half moon and uh maybe it might be interesting to have these different uh shades of darkness you know depending on the moon it it would be a nice feature. It's not what I you know what what I think is missing is a new prototype in IMSA, an AI, and a damage model, new tire right. model on everything. <laughs> okay, I got the. Oh, go ahead. Well, that's it. They're just busy. All right. Well, next up, I got this one. It's the uh, for all strong women. Uh, we saw a Twitter post from. Dirty Monkey Motorsports, who I think is a listener, and uh, they got the old pink uh, breast care, uh, breast awareness or breast cancer awareness paint job going, and they put up uh, a nice little preview video of their paints uh, up uh, for the month of October. And uh, what do you guys think? Are you changing the pink at all? I don't think I have the time to do it. I I could drop some pink in there really quick. I might do it tonight. The month's almost over. I haven't thought about it on my paint. I know uh, we're putting pink socks on our, our uniforms for, at the last game of the month. Oh, it's a school? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, David, what's the closest finish you've ever had on iRacing? This topic is appropriately assigned to me. We have a little Twitter poll uh, with a lot of people posting how close the finishes are since the real Talladega race was a .007 finish. And uh, my Talladega win that I picked up last week was .002. But you look at you look down at the tr- the Twitter uh, thread, and there's people posting .000s. Yeah, my team actually had a .000 finish out there last week. Yeah, and it's amazing how many replies they got to this uh, Twitter po- uh, post that say the .000. And there's pictures to prove it, too. So uh, pretty cool. I, I kind of like this kind of Twitter thread. Uh, it's kind of fun to see what the answers are. It's naturally going to happen at the plate tracks just because of the, the way they're designed. Um, doesn't the closest non-plate track record sit at Atlanta? Yeah, I think so. Like the, Wasn't it like Harvick coming off when he got his first win? It was early 2000s or late 90s, I, can't, I think. Uh, somebody might tweet in and tell us. I think it's either Harvick and Gordon there, that the O one at Atlanta, or uh, Kurt and uh, Ricky Craven at Darlington. It's gonna be one of those two. But... Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that one. All right, uh, next up, uh, teammate Joe Owen uh, sent us a picture on the thread this week of his uh, Bass Pro Shops nineteen A Cup car. Going around the track, uh, he's making pretty fast laps, but uh, there's no wheels on the car, literally. Uh, what did you guys think when you saw this with uh, the car going around without wheels on it? I've seen the left wheels sometimes not render. 
Well, we're only looking at the left side of the car, so maybe it is only the left sides. Yeah, I mean, rendering's funny, isn't it? Um, obviously, it's not affecting his ride heights or anything, so the wheels are there. We just can't see them. <laughs> All right. And Hashtag, now, uh, get, computers are complicated. Yeah, and uh, Joe has a, bit, a good one, too. All right, Shane, tell us about a new video, the iRacing Top 10 for September. They got a Top 10 video where they've cobbled together stuff. I don't know where they get this stuff. I had never seen one until I watched it just a minute ago. The uh, bits that stuck out to me was a guy running a stock car race at Monza, and he just absolutely sticks it through the uh, second chicane and then just goes straight Baja rally cross driver and uh, gets it back. And kind of a big save, huh? I mean, it went on and on and on. It, at some point, when he was running through the sand trap, uh, you could tell he was like, you know, I think I can just make this work or else. Uh, the number one spot was a guy running F3 with a big O streaming rig. Um, and uh, I tell you, I run the F3 nearly exclusively. And uh, it it was cool, but it happens all the time in that series where a guy will lose it in front of you and you'll barely miss him. And then if if you lose a spot, that guy will bend it in the next turn himself. I like the number two one, parting of the seas, they called it. Yeah, that guy just, uh, you know, final lap, you hold it down until it until it breaks, right? Yeah, it's like everybody wrecked, but the one guy who made it through and he won the race. Didn't even touch him. The uh, the number one spot guy, he actually, you can see his heart rate um, just below his webcam, and it jumps from like 115 to 130 when that car spins in front of him. Um, when he saves it, it's pretty neat to see that. Hey, we finally found something that Greg doesn't have on his stream, the heartbeat monitor. <laughs> he'll, have, he'll have to get it. Get him an Apple Watch, maybe. Tie it in. I have Stick a it gear. in a spot. I have a gear. I might just have to look into that. Yeah, okay, David. You beat him to it. Get it on your thread, okay? I like seeing my F1 car on number one. I, more people need to get on that, man. It's a hoot. All right. Uh, a very good video. It was fun to watch. Uh, some uh, people on the team were uh, cheering about it. Uh, next up I got is uh, Christian Challoner posted up uh, in uh, Facebook with the peak series over uh he's gonna set himself some off-season goals and so what he's decided to do is there's a challenge on iRacing or a, an achievement for winning in every single car and so as far as he knows only two people have actually done it and so he's gonna try to get it done by february he starts tonight and so uh he has a list of all the cars that he hasn't won on yet, and uh, I think I saw an update to this post where he did cross one of them off, so uh, he is making progress, but kind of a neat idea. I, I mean, it's neat if you can win. I don't know how he's going to scratch off the Xfinity Camry old. That uh, that thing doesn't have any official races anymore, so it's going to be, I don't know how that's going to work for him. Yeah, I don't know how he's going to get done the uh, Formula McLaren either. Really, any of the archived cars, I wonder if he's including those or not. They're on his list, but yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> those uh, those camel cars or whatever, I don't think anybody ever runs those. Which, I mean, wins a win, right? Okay, Tony, out of fuel, pitch stall issues. Uh, Todd, uh, 
Matchy or Mackie posted about an issue uh, up in the forums. If you get too far left or too far right, too far back or forward, when you're out of gas, you literally can't even take a two-minute tow. Um, I think I've been hit by this same bug. I don't believe I was out of fuel, though, but for some reason, I remember I got a little uh, too far, got the too far message, and... Uh, Oh, that's what happened. Sorry, my, my motor blew, and I couldn't get it moved, and it wouldn't let me tow. So I think there's uh, something there if, if you have, you know, an engine blown or you run out of fuel, and it's registering your car into the pit stall, um, but not enough to actually get the problem fixed. Yeah, it just won't let you tow out. This problem has always been there, and I think uh, this thread is just kind of bringing it up again. But, yeah, I, I mean, shouldn't you be able to tow in that situation if you rolled three inches out of your box and you're out of fuel? I think yeah, so. Sh- well, yeah, they should have something. I mean, get those uh, lazy bastards uh, in the in the pit stalls that are just sitting there watching you sitting outside of your pit. Um, get them out there pushing. Get you back in there. Yeah, that's the thing. It's not really a tow. Where's the button for uh, come push me? Right, we got that pit crew. Maybe we can get them to walk one stall to the right or left or something to go get you. That'd be kind of cool. All right, next up, uh, Mason Stiver, who is our editor of this podcast uh, and content producer. Uh, He will be at Martinsville next Sunday, October 27th, for the NASCAR race. Uh, Wants to get a shout-out to all the fellow iRacers. If you're out there, uh, he ordered some iRacing swag for the race. He'll be wearing a shirt and a hat. It's his first time there, uh, so hit him up. Uh, he's looking for good restaurants to eat at. Mason's so cool. I hope we can get his autograph. I'll definitely have to have my uh, old Martinsville teammates uh, say hi to him, uh, the guys that I used to crash with when I would go over those races. Uh, he'll enjoy those races. Uh, be prepared for both kinds of weather because one year I froze to death, the next year was pretty hot. All right. Tony, we have a winner for the best paint scheme. For the uh, ugliest paint scheme contest. Yeah, this contest was put on by uh, NASCAR Chasm on Twitter, and uh, Andrew Fawcett won. Um, the the write up that that they gave him was great. He says, "I mean, look at this uh, shit. New levels of grotesque. Picking the winner, as the old saying goes, was like trying to pick a least favorite kid. Congrats, Andrew." And uh, Oh yeah, like if if you're looking for ugly, this thing's uh, <laughs> this thing's pretty ugly. It's got uh, a big face distorted and big eyeballs, like just splashed all over the front of the car, and uh, the, the the rest of the car is. I have a hard time. I think the the roof has got a bunch of flowers on it. There's um, some zebra striping and um, some it's other crazy. type of yeah, some other type of animal print. The numbers are all just cattywampus and um it fits the bill for being an ugly car but uh it does seem to have a a certain kind of charm to it to be honest with you it has that thing going on that the memes go around where it's like a bunch of tiny holes in something that makes some people grossed out like it has some of those things about it but other than that is just an abomination he's got the pit crew done in like fuzzy man fur outfits Oh, thank you, Shane. I forgot to mention, yeah, the, the pit crew is wearing Speedos. <laughs> oh, my. It's just all you could want. 
the Speedos is pretty funny. And uh, I, this kind of reminds me of Harvick and the Bush car. They kind of run funny paint schemes, but this is a little bit more beyond over the top. I mean, is that a picture of Elliot Sadler with vampire teeth on the back quarter panel? <laughs> All right. David Hall, uh, our champ, Zach Novak, uh, stopped by the iRacing office today. Yeah, I didn't know if he lived so close to the area or not, but it looks like he made a trip over there and he got to pick up his iRacing helmet. That thing is nice looking. He also got to race. There's a video on there listed in the, I think, the Twitter feed where he got to race uh, with the AI. Ooh, a sneak peek to the AI. Uh, that was kind of neat to see that video. That was on the Instagram stories. And, uh, yeah, Bell Racing gave him a nice uh, Bell helmet that says iRacing on it. Pretty cool. Now, I, did, uh, talk, I didn't talk to Zach. I texted with Zach this week. And we have him uh, penciled in as a guest uh, the week after uh, Homestead. So he, they are uh, flying him down to Homestead, he told me. Uh, they're going to give him a big check and let him hang out with Clint Boyer and stuff like that. And uh, he'll come on the show after after that and tell us all about it. So uh, looking forward to having Zach on and uh, hear about his, uh, his championship uh, goods. Okay, another video that I uh, came out across today uh, was Bubba Wallace versus Richmond Esports team. Uh, we've been seeing, I think, teasers of this for over the last weeks and months. And now they finally released, I think, the final video. Um, it's put out by NASCAR on NASCAR.com and Sunoco Fuel. But basically the first half shows uh, them on uh, Simulator uh, trying to see who can get the best uh, time. And Malik Ray and uh, got the... Uh, uh, beat Bubba Wallace by about two tenths on the sim, but then uh, as well as Jimmy Jimmy Mullis and and Malik Ray ran the same time, but Bubba was about two tenths off. But then they went out and did the legend cars. I think it was at Charlotte, and uh, Bubba beat them by about I think it was three tenths, and so he won that challenge. And so uh, it was kind of interesting video, about three minutes long. Check it out, NASCAR.com. David Hall, let's get into hardware software. It was a matter of time before this happened. And soapbox warning, this may take up our entire hardware software time. Uh, this was a particular, I have particular experience with dealing with China clones in, in my real life career. But basically someone in China has copied the pedals from Huskinville and is now, they're now popping up on eBay. The guy that posted this got caught some flack for calling out another manufacturer. So he's changed it a little, but point is somebody's copying it and selling it for a cheaper, cheaper price and apparently this is the first time that they can think of it happening with sim racing uh, this is a huge problem in the airsoft community and has stunted the growth of a lot of smaller companies even at the point of causing them to just go away from producing top-notch products but because people would rather have cheaper versus quality um, I have to put out a document with for my my beginning students basically warning them about cheap brands, particularly knockoff brands from China. Because here's what happens if you buy a China copy of an instrument and you try to take it to any repair shop between Little Rock, St. Louis, Memphis, or basically anywhere in the Mid-South. 
they will refuse to take the instrument and give you an estimate because the material is cheap and they cannot get parts for them and that and they can't get them serviced so um we're probably preaching to the choir a little bit because people that listen to our podcast are more likely to be aware of quality versus uh price but if you buy these pedals i can, I can almost guarantee all the materials are going to be cheaper the quality control is going to be cheaper and good luck if you get a defective part because i had a parent who refused just refused to listen to me back when i was first teaching and bought a knockoff from china and within the first three months of the kid playing it it was broken and there was nothing he could do and all i could do was tell him i told you so right yeah part of the forum thread is kind of the whole thing of let's not talk about it so people don't buy it you know and if you put it on the forums and people are aware of it and that kind of thing and so it's kind of a catch-22 i mean we're talking about it too but only because this is kind of new to sim racing hardware i don't think we've seen a lot of instances of this before and so uh this is clearly a knockoff and uh yeah like david said just stay away from this guys uh there's a lot of uh value in buying the real thing i think when it comes to anything like this you get what you pay for it's just it's just really true can i play can i play the other side yeah thousand dollar pedals are absurd true and so like but what will the market bear well the, i mean the i i find that there isn't a whole, there isn't enough market to really get a good idea of what the market will bear you've got You've got cheap stuff and you've got outrageous stuff and not much in between. So I say, you know, let let's try out some in between. And well, then maybe maybe the outrageous stuff may actually be more like, you know, instead of a thousand or so, maybe they need to be six hundred. I'm super heavy with my V threes, uh, and that's not a thousand dollars. No, that's so true. Th- there there are mid range there are mid range options. This is as you're talking about somebody who's basically copying the design from Huskinville, not not only are they basically violating copyright uh and and stealing the intellectual property from somebody else um it's you i just guarantee you you buy this clone stuff from china it's it's you're, you're gonna pay for it you're, you're gonna pay for it in loss of quality well i mean they do it with rolex too and rolex is fine so you know i'm not gonna i i am incapable of feeling too bad for the thousand dollar pedal guy so uh, there was mention of um, you know the of airsoft in this in this article. Now I play airsoft and I own quite a few different guns and have over the uh, last few years. And I've I've bought in, um, on both sides of the fence. I've bought in the the Chinese knockoff stuff, and I've bought in uh, stuff that's a little better produced and a little better quality. And um, to a point. Uh, Sometimes you get that. Sometimes that China knockoff stuff is, is all right. It's it's it works just you know just fine. Um, I don't like in airsoft. Typically, uh, I would buy a gun and pretty much strip it down and and uh, do all kinds of upgrades to it anyhow. And I and I did the same thing with with the Chinese knockoff stuff. Um, so <clears throat> I found it's kind of nice to have a lower price point to jump in to get the get the base that you want and then um you know set it up the way the way you like it and and put the parts in that you need um have you had any of those parts fail have you just been lucky enough that they've all worked no i've had parts fail on everything it didn't matter what i bought parts fail it's just the way it goes 
But uh, what I'm asking is, what did you, what were you able to do once those parts failed? If it was one of the Chinese parts, well, they're they're a direct knockoff of any other gun. So you just go buy the parts from that you would normally buy anyways, and slap direct them copy, in. It was yeah, yeah it works. wasn't a big deal. Yeah, those Susan failed pedals look like the kind of stuff that if you had a cheap version and something broke, you you know, for one, you'd have saved money. It wouldn't be that big a deal to bolt an extra plate to the side of something or or so modify a new piece of spring or pressure sensor or whatever you have to do. But, you know, that that is the sort of thing that you get when you go cheap is, you know, you're saving money on the front end with the understanding that you might have to do some fiddling down the road. And I suppose if you like the do do yourself uh, side of things, you might you might particularly enjoy that. I guess I'm definitely biased in that. You know, I have kids and parents who have no idea how to fix a horn when they're buying a Chinese knockoff. So we definitely we we simply don't allow it. Well, musical instruments are not the same as this kind of stuff in that hardly anybody is going around with a whole bunch of tubing that they can brace together. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, the thread kind of went, you know, to the point of, I think most people were saying on the thread, uh, hey, let's not advertise this, let's not talk about it, and that kind of thing. I think we've had one of our best uh, baits on the, on the topic, too. We usually tend to all be on the same side of things. So that was, that was actually pretty neat. Okay, let's keep moving. Tony, we got a company, SimCore, where you get Australian Sim parts. All right. Simcore.com.au. Um, yeah, and it's uh, I don't really much to say. You, you pretty much uh, nailed it there, Mike. It's uh, they 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 sell all your racing parts, and it's it's good for the for for all the i racers um, down under. And I guess uh, getting it shipped over over to this side here wouldn't be wouldn't be too terrible. I know for. Uh, the, the exchange rate for us Canadians isn't too bad with the Australians. I'm not sure what it's like for uh, for you guys, but uh, yeah, another outlet, which is always good um, and a little closer to home for a, for a lot of people. So, What do you think yeah, of that wheel? Good looking stuff. That, that wheel is something else. That, that's, that, uh, that's that couple thousand dollar sim part that I was talking about right there. Right, $1,900. Well, and then there's some extras you can add on to it to bump it up to about 25. Holy moly. Yeah, I, I imagine you could probably stick that right on the real car, couldn't you? Yeah, it sure looks like it. I mean, it's, yeah, it definitely looks like a, a real Serious steering wheel. Very cool. Check that out. Uh, simcore.com.au. Uh, Shane, tell us about Simfay Solution Sim Racing Hardware. Yeah, so their website is a little a little uh, funny looking to me, but imagine it, build it, race it. It looks like you, you can rent stuff from them and things. They've got SimuCube, SimMagic, all these kinds of things. They sell those uh, Thrustmaster 3D printed hubs and the NRG Slim quick releases. All kinds of quick releases, it looks like. In case yeah, you gotta, in, I was thinking case, a quick release uh, extravaganza is what I was thinking. Yeah, in, in case you got to take your whole uh, wheel and every and everything with you, I guess. Yeah, I don't know what company or what country this uh, place is from. Uh, I couldn't really figure it out. They did do a good uh, job. Oh, it's Singapore. I'm sorry, I just found it. Singapore. 
So we're always finding these sim companies in these other countries, and I think this is the first one from Singapore we've seen. If it's from Singapore, they might have those uh, cheap Husenfelds. <laughs> Maybe. So it's Simfay, S-I-M-F-A-I-Solutions.com. All right, Will. They've got, got good-looking uh, chassis, too. Oh, they do. I didn't even look at those. What do you though? Do they got? Uh, well, they look like eighty twenty, but I don't know. Maybe the... so. It looks like it starts off real basic, and then you can add on and add on and add on. Oh, I see. Yeah, wow. One stop shop, I guess. Okay, let's keep moving. Will we got SMR Merc wheel? Yeah, this is. It looks like an Italian company, uh, Speed Max Racing, or yeah, it's SpeedMaxRacing.it. Um, this is a uh, Mercedes replica wheel. Looks like it's for a GT3 car. Um, pretty nice looking wheel. It's going to be an add-on for any direct drive solution you got. So uh, I don't know what you guys thought of that wheel. Oh, that's more of my price point right there, too. $389. Yeah, it looks good, too, doesn't it? It's not overdone, you know. It looks like you could tell the... Uh, the plastic around the buttons, that's been 3D printed. So it looks like some of it might have been just 3D printed to help save some cost. Uh, it looks like a decent wheel, though. Oh, they've got a Lamborghini one also. It looks like it's got the Alcantara, you know, in the grips, which is nice. So that's speedmaxracing.it. Okay, next up, uh, some Akira GP Replica F1 wheels. And this is a website... Uh, We've talked about this a long time ago, but it's called AuguriSimulations.com, A-U-G-U-R-Y. And uh, boy, they got this replica F1 wheel. And if you want one that's you know, looks like the F1, I think this might be it. Uh, boy, what a website, first of all, the way that they present it. Um, it's kind of a modern-looking website. Uh, but I'm trying to figure out the price, but I haven't been able to find it. Yeah, you might have to ask them to get the price on this, but that I, I believe that's the modern Patronus Mercedes wheel. Oh, here it is. 1,388 euros. I kind of like this one more than that other one that was 1,800. Oh, yeah, this one looks serious as a heart attack, doesn't it? It's got the little thumb, the little uh, thumb dials. Right, right. Twisty knobs and all that. All that. Okay, put your, Tony. Uh, you put uh, your JRT on the uh, screen on it. Yeah, I love the screen. That's what makes it. And it's cheaper than the other one. It's got the screen. So I, I And it's got the real nice road case, too. All right, Tony, you got another wheel. GPX steering wheel this time. Yeah, holy wheels, Batman. Um, I got you guys uh, I got you guys beat. Oh, um, man. <laughs> another, another wheel. Uh, it seems to be very similar to what we were just talking about. Um, thumb dials and, and uh, LCD display and um, all that fun stuff. Now, this is from PrecisionSimEngineering.com. Uh, uh, it looks like to be like a, a site across the pond. Um, and this is seriously expensive. 2,650 euros with no nope. clutch. Yeah, that I was trying pounds, to get it sir. out. It just my oh, is that pounds? That is pounds. That is a three thousand dollar wheel. Holy moly! I mean, it. Look at it, though. Yeah, it's very high end. I mean, 
even the ones before it were high end, but this has a more even sophisticated look to it, you know? Yeah, links in the show notes to all our listeners. You have to see this. So just a, like a, a little rundown of some of the things that this one has. It has the uh, PSE magnetic gear shifters with carbon fiber paddles, optional dual clutch paddles with bite point adjust. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds expensive. Um, I can tell you what bite point adjust is. Yeah, David's got that on his Fanatec wheel. Mm-hmm. It, you run two two wheels and you find your bite point where the clutch will actually grab. And then you... If you pull both clutches and then just hold and then drop to just one, it's it's acting like the clutch is partially pushed in instead of all the way in, and it's sitting right on that bite point that you've already figured out where it is. Makes it really easy for getting those uh, those uh, sports cars and and stock cars going, or no, open wheel cars going on a standing start. Yeah, because you can't actually have launch control or digital clutch control on a Formula One car, so you have to do this uh, dual clutch thing. Okay. driver unassisted and all that has to drive the car but this thing's spectacular and uh the dual clutch is optional but if you're going to go 2000 some odd pounds on a wheel then you know go big well. don't go i mean it was only 150 for my little fanatec expansion so it's worth it uh, i use it on all the sports cars and i was trying to figure out a way to use it on my stock car um but it, because it really makes launching out of the pits way easier so here's another thing. It says it fits any 50.8 millimeter quick release, uh, but the quick release is not included in this. I think for that much, they could probably just throw that in and say, hey, thanks for, for buying our wheel. Here's a quick release. Well, is, is, there, is there another end of the quick release it has to be for something? Yeah, I is guess that, that kind of makes sense. Doesn't the, isn't the hub then the hub that like Fanatec sells and some of the other hubs then that isn't that how a lot of the wheels end up with a quick release? Are they uh, like I don't know I I don't have one of those fancy schmancy wheels so is that proprietary those quick releases? Fanatec one is. They've got more wheels guys and they are all as slick as you can imagine. Yeah, these are all handmade in the UK too. Some guy named Gerald is putting that together with love. I love the look of his buttons. He's got a definite style to him of his own. A very slick, very clean-looking wheels. Like these, I mean, they are uh, they are very nice-looking. Lottery-winning stuff. The only one that uh, might live up to this one is the one that Lando Norris was running. What was that? Core Logic or something? Uh, Cube. Cube is that? Yeah, those were really good too. Okay, Shane, uh, tell us about an easy way to switch between VR and triples. Oh, this is more lottery stuff for me, VR and triples, as I look in my one single monitor on my rig. Uh, so this is a this is a program, desktop program, and it allows you to change your INI files. You get it on bazwise.com, that's B-A-Z-Wise.com, and it, uh, they simply call it iRacing Config. And so uh, you can edit your INI files to make various profiles, you know, for say one that is set up for your triples, one that's set up for your VR, so you can uh, swap them out without having to, you know, reconfigure your whole setup. I recall covering something similar to this uh, about a year ago. Is this a oh, new it's software? It's the same thing. Okay. There, there may be a competitor software out there. No, it's a repeat. Sometimes I repeat stories because uh, we get new listeners and stuff. Yeah, I I had not heard of that. 
Um, I tell you, these kind of things, all these third-party softwares, like, we are all going to be in a world of hurt if iRacing ever decides they need some anti-cheat check. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do have anti-cheat stuff, but uh, they have an API, you know, that's publicly accessible, and um, I don't know. I mean, this is just a little file-moving uh, utility is really what it is, but if you're doing it on a regular basis, boy, this will save you a ton of time. No doubt. All right, Will, a Thrustmaster super fast bundle. Yeah, Rickmo Tech has a bundle for the Thrustmaster. Uh, gosh, which wheel is that? It looks like a Thrustmaster wheel, pedals, and a Formula One uh, style wheel to swap out with the regular Ferrari wheel. Good yeah, price. That's a, that's a TS300, probably, I guess it is. It is, yes, yeah, a TSPC. You get the Ferrari 488 Challenge wheel the Ferrari F1 Italia wheel, and the T3PA Pro pedals. It's all bundled together. Uh, regular price says uh, basically 1400 but it's marked down right now for 800 for the whole set. So a base, two wheels, and pedals for 800 bucks. Sounds like a pretty good entry-level package. It definitely would be. Get you going. That's a good way to get started, guys. And that's a little bit better than getting like a Logitech or something, right? You want to take another step up? Yeah, and then you can also hook up that Thrustmaster shifter that everybody likes. <laughs> Let's keep moving. Tony, how about the Corsair Virtuoso wireless headset with Slipstream wireless tech? <laughs> yeah, uh, this one uh, is probably a little bit further up David's alley. Um, it's uh, like the high-fidelity headset which means absolutely nothing to me um i was curious what the slipstream wireless tech was all about and um from what i can gather it's just like a little uh usb dongle that you toss into your computers that'll talk to it um i mean it's a it's a nice looking headset and i'm sure it works well uh it comes in about 200 bucks which isn't uh you know, which, which isn't crazy. It's that's pretty reasonable for if if it is. You know, if it lives up to its um its hype here, but uh, it says impeccable vocal clarity, um, detachable microphone. That's kind of a nice thing. I know mine's got that, and I really like being able to yank it off when I don't need it. Um, yeah, it's a pretty clean looking headset. It's a a uh, couple of the specs I'm looking at here. It's a high high fidelity. It's running 24 bit, 96 kilohertz audio. That's um, if CD quality is 48 kilohertz and, and 16 bit. So it's it's up there as far as the quality. Uh, can you hear that difference? Um, I actually did my masters on something with digital audio versus analog audio, and I don't know if you could really hear that much of a difference or not. I prefer to run. Uh, wired connections and i'd like to run batteries as little as possible because i think me and tony rochette have talked about the fact that our oculus rifts are chewing through a battery a week but um and I've, i all the time hear mason disappear from team speak because his headphones die on him but uh the hot that quality it's definitely up there now so, i use some corsair headphones i've got the are the same ones, well, we think they're the same ones, the uh, Void Pro that uh, Mason has. And I think his battery, maybe his just gone bad. However, mine work really well, and they sound good. So I, I like this. I, 
I noticed in the tech specs there's a uh, SE version, which has a uh, microphone capsule size nearly twi over twice the size, and that would really help with the, the uh, mic microphone quality. Mm -hmm. So they also, you don't have to run these things wireless. They, they give you a, a couple of options. You can use the 3.5 millimeter wired, just regular uh, auxiliary cord, or you can uh, wire them up uh, through USB. So those are some nice options. I know when I had my wireless headset, I'd have all kinds of um, interference and it would just cut out all the time. That drove me insane. I switched to a wired version and I probably won't look back now. But um, David, what I wanted to ask you was at this price point, um, what do you think? Like, is it a, you know, are you going to get a decent headset with this? Give me the price. I didn't see the price. Two oh nine ninety nine. Great price. Uh, I bought my Sony's for 120, and I mean, I mean, I use them for sound engineering. That's like a pretty standard uh, sound engineering price. So that's that's more money than I spent. And these Sony's are—they're analog, you know. They're not digital, but they sound great. And one of the reasons I bought them is because they have a, a kind of a flat EQ curve, which is what I need when I do all my producing work on on Pro Tools. But this has the uh, microphone attached. Yeah, I did spend another whatever on on my uh, Yeti Blue. So if you add the microphone, it's probably pretty comparable. I love the white version. There's a white version. If you oh, go yeah, to the that bottom, white one does look sick. Yeah, I love the white. Um, that is... Uh, one I, I until I saw the white, I'm like, yeah, probably not. But then I saw the white, I'm like, wow, those look nice. I definitely prefer anytime a set of over ear the over the ear headphones versus earbuds. It earbuds just always end up hurting my ears after being in there for a, matter, a certain amount of time. Some of us have been playing the American Truck Simulator when we just can't race anymore, and uh, there's a radio on there, and so it was on playing music the other day, and I was like, man. The music sounds great. And I thought to myself, that's right. I bought the $200 Corsair headphones. It should. Get better. <laughs> All right, let's keep moving. We're going to jump to the NASCAR iRacing Series results for the week. Talladega, let's finish it up. I ran Thursday fixed with uh, Adam Thompson. Uh, I wrecked out. Uh, I actually led the most laps... I was around the top five the entire race, uh, got ran into from behind, literally, and turned into the wall uh, when I was running second with about 20 laps to go. Uh, pushing the pusher is what that was. And, uh, you know, the guy behind me was getting pushed from the guy behind him, and he ran into me hard enough to just flat out turn me, and we were going straight. And, uh, boy, it's just tough to to get wrecked out like that because there's nothing you can do to prevent it. You know, you don't even see it coming. You're just driving along and all of a sudden you're in the wall. You know, you have no idea why. Adam Thompson uh, got a P3. He said it had a great race, rode in the back until 20 to go, and then moved to the front of the pack. Actually ended with a clean car. All right, let's move to Friday Open. Greg Hectus got P11. Uh, Tony uh Got damaged, but finished it out is what you put. Yeah, yeah. I don't even remember where I finished. It was it was terrible. It was I, I got caught up in a very early wreck, and 
it's kind of the going theme for me this week. Um, everything seemed to happen right in front of me and just not enough, just couldn't do anything to, to get out of the way or slow it up any. It is what it is. It's Talladega. All right. Uh, Tony Rochette ran. He got P15. He said he got damaged but survived. Uh, Adam Thompson also got P15. He said he ran up front most of the race, led a few laps, got wrecked with three to go, and ended up P15. Uh, Brent McCoy, P2. Uh, I think he lost it by just like a, a foot or a few inches or something. But uh, he was in position to win. He just didn't quite get it. And then finally, David and you, uh, David, you and I were in the same race. Uh, we were running up front a lot. Uh, I actually, I led the most laps, uh, ran top five pretty much all day. Ended up winning the race after David helped me. Uh, uh, you pushed me from behind there up the middle lane uh, at the end of the race. Uh, pushed me clear uh, to the lead, and then I dropped to the bottom line and and was able to keep it. Uh, you had some help uh, coming to the checker, and I kind of blocked a little bit or came up a little bit to impede you, but I ended up winning. You ended up second. Uh, man, I owe you a beer. Thank you for the push. Yeah, I don't think the block was what did me in. I think the the, the help just didn't get to me in time. I don't think I would have got you either way. Uh, but it was a blast, and I mean, it, it it still put me up in P2, and I had, I was, I was, I was, you know, some people were like, well, he just dumped you, man. It, well, we're racing to the checkered, and, you know, you, you, every time you basically help a teammate get towards the front in one of those plate races, you're doing it not just to help them, it's because it's putting you in a good position, too, and you, you do it until it doesn't help you anymore. So there's, you know, nobody ever feels betrayed or, or should feel betrayed in that kind of a situation. Uh and I still pulled pulled away with P2 and had a shot at getting a third win in a row. So it was exciting. It was fun. And our teammate, Greg, Gregory Hectix, put out a nice little promotional video with a with a hilariously ironic music selection that we've, we've put out on social media as well. I love that video, man. And Greg is a video uh, cinematic director. I mean, the way that he timed the music and the beat of the music with what, how he cut the video. Like, it shows David approaching me from behind, and the moment that our bumpers connect is the, like the downbeat of the you know next verse of the song. And so uh, Greg really did a heck of a job on that video. It's only a couple minutes long. Uh, check it out on all our social media, guys. We put it out there last night, and I've watched it like 30 times because I just love watching myself win. Uh, but, man, what a feeling to win and to, uh, you know, Talladega is my, my bread and butter. And to just, you know, come to Talladega again and get that win and and uh, get David's help to, to make it happen. And we end up first and second, and then Brent got a second. It was a good night, I think. And, uh, man, I was pleased. And then uh, what a what a day. That push was a pretty huge push because we were, what, four or five back? And then we just ran by that entire inside line in in one straightaway. I mean, we knew we. I, I think we knew going into that restart. I did that. I was going to take it. I was just determined after leading the most laps and everything. And I had, you know, I had track position, and I was just determined. Those guys just weren't hooked up like we were. And 
Yeah, uh, it was and a good I, race. If I had gotten the help, I would have tried to go around you too. I definitely would didn't give it to you. Yeah, I knew you were out there. I wasn't going to go up anymore, but uh, you know we were coming to the checker and. You know, Talladega is a little different in Daytona when you come off four because there's such a far way down to the checkered. You know, it's way down there past the middle point. It's a clever placement. All right. And then I had a rare Saturday off, so I ran the fixed uh, in the afternoon with Tony Rochette. Uh, I got wrecked out. I was running top five, uh, went to green flag stops, and I got nailed from behind from a known dive bomber. Eight minutes damage. Uh, you know, pull off uh, turn four, headed to the pit stops, and the guy just runs right over the back of me and plows me into the inside wall, and wow. But uh, I had it, you know, I was in position to win up until that, and that was the last stop of the day, too, which is a real bummer. Uh, Tony Rochette got P17. He said one yellow the entire race. He screwed himself and sped on pit entry, um, and so that screwed him. Sunday open, David, you got wrecked uh, all by yourself leaving the pits. Yeah, I had been running top five and the whole time was in position to have another great race, possibly get another win. And uh, we're coming out on green flag stops and there's cars around me and I get a little too excited on the throttle and turn it into the inside wall. Race over. Okay. And another win for the team, Brent McCoy, P1. Uh, he said spotter Jesse Stiver. That's funny. J.C. Stiver won this race for me. He did a masterful job calling it. <laughs> Jesse Stiver. Did uh, Mason adopt him? Maybe it was both of them. But uh, Brent wins. Uh, Tony Rochette, P10. He said he led 32 laps. He had the lead until the white flag. He said made a rookie move and pulled out a line on the backstretch too early. It was on the outside when second blew up and the and third checked me into the trioval wall to the checkered. Mason Stiver, P4, ran a smart race, lifting a lot and running conservative. Caution with 10 to go, a race fuel mileage. Went from P20 to P9 by taking fuel only and fought my way to fourth. On the white flag, everyone behind him wrecked, P4. And then Tony Groves, another wreck out early. Yeah, I don't even think I made it to lap 10 on this one. Um completely blown up i just by that point in the week i just had enough and just exited out now um i had uh i wrecked out of this one just in time to to jump into an old bastards uh league race with uh scales and man i tell you i had no <laughs> no more luck there either i was out within 15 laps of that race too um once again just getting caught up uh you know in the wrecks uh it's <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Talladega hasn't been this bad to me in a really long time. Yeah, normally you have good runs there. I I usually get at least a top five, at least one, but no, I couldn't. I barely finished a race. Might as well not have finished any races this week. All right. Sunday fixed. My fifth start at Talladega for the week, and guess what? I win again. So I won twice out of five starts. Uh, I put the floodgates open. I get my second win of the week. It's my 68th career win. It's my first win in fixed in NIS this year. All my other wins have been in open so far. So really happy to break through in the fixed finally. Um, I had to pit for fuel on that final green-white checker. So this is the craziest story. So 
we had to we had to pit with like you know 10 to go on a green flag to splash and go you know to get to the end and i only took enough that i needed to take i wasn't thinking about the green white checker i was just stupid 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 and i just took enough that i needed and i was trying to get out first and i did you know i was i was going to win this race but uh we had green white checkers and so when we got to the second green white checker i wasn't going to make it and i had to pit for fuel and so i pulled off to pit for fuel and then i pitted and i came back out and guess where i lined up i lined up second for the restart and the reason is is nobody had caught up to the pace car so like the leader had taken off and caught up then i realized oh crap i got a pit and these guys are screwing around behind me let me go real quick so i went to the pit real quick i came back out they still hadn't caught up and I pulled up right behind the leader, and here comes third behind me. And I had I had just come off pit road and gotten gas. And I can't believe it. So I restarted that second green white checker in second and just drove by the guy like it was so easy, and I just won the race. It was unbelievable. So is that a the first time that's probably ever happened, that somebody pits on a green white checker and then wins it when everybody else stays out? Right possibly it's you know people will get really really gripey if somebody doesn't book it and catch up i um i wish they would make the pace car do this at every track it does it at richmond but it needs to wait until the leader's in the right spot before it pulls out good point but yeah i mean i was the only car who pitted out of the entire field and i won and i won the race how does that on a green white checker but anyway, uh, I don't know how that happened. That was just awesome. I, I, I'll take it. Uh, Adam Thompson ran with me. He got a P3. He said had another great race. He led about 15 laps or so. Finished P3 with a clean car. So good week for Adam. Uh, Britt McCoy, he ran with us. He got a P22. Uh, he had a rough race. Uh, Mason was there spotting for him. Uh, Bill, uh, he got wrecked out. Tony Rochette got wrecked out. Shane Chastain, you got two laps down, 19th. Oh, yeah. Hard time at Kansas so far. That was the last tally, actually. Oh, well. But let's talk Kansas. Let's switch to that. Now, before we talk uh, results, we actually had a big Sunday afternoon practice. We almost had everybody on the team in that practice. Uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, we were doing pit parties. Uh, Cody Bias was in there, uh, one of the Pete guys. Uh, former teammate uh, Matt Sisna was in there. Uh, what do you guys think about the practice? I think that was pretty fun, all the pit parties. Um, I thought everybody that wasn't on our team couldn't drive. Well, that's why they're not on the team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, I said it, right? It was, a, it was a wreck fest. We were lucky we could get three or four laps done. Yeah, that's why you said pit parties, because we had one every five laps. And it was a pretty good omen, or a pretty accurate omen for how most of the uh, Kansas races have been going so far. Yeah, so let's go through that. Uh, Shane, you tell us about your race at Kansas. Wednesday fixed. Yeah, so I'm in a pretty low split because I'm I'm new to this old racing. And uh, the, the, the guys in my races have been doing this thing on the front and back stretch where they fan out four or five wide as if there's never going to be another corner. 
and then the corner comes and it gets a little funny and so um, I got 26 I don't even remember if I bothered to finish it because it you know they got funny you can't trust anybody though in, in the lower splits like anybody that's in them get your a license run the a opens and things and get your i rating up so that you can get around some guys that at least have some consideration for a line all right and then uh adam he thompson ran got p29 he said he's running third place was just settling in when a driver smashed the wall and took him out i think he said it was down the back stretch even it wasn't even in the corner no that one was on the front stretch he was hanging out by the uh by the white line and a guy up on the top just banged the outside wall and then came down and took him out. It was, it, it was like I say, they, they can't drive. Uh, Adam and I were in that race together and I saw the whole thing. All right. Let's talk Wednesday open David Hall P 21. Yeah, I was not a happy camper at this race and did a pretty good job of probably not getting myself a voice band again. Um, running top five the whole race. We had a great set. I was keeping up with everybody, even with a little bit of damage. We have a late restart, and a guy behind me decides to lay back, and then he jumps the restart and is between me and in the, in the the car on that was in the second lane. I guess I didn't do a good job of going ahead and staying a little bit high. Uh, to make sure he didn't have that option. Uh, and then he turns into the other car, bounces off me, destroys my car. We had words for quite a while, and I'll be watching for him, you know. Uh, you can't wreck anybody, but you can definitely treat, give them the Ryan Newman treatment when they get to you, or if they get around you, or if you're coming up on them, be a lot less patient when you're trying to get around them. So the, the name will definitely be remembered. Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah, uh, Mason Stiver ran, got P13. He said, the racing etiquette is unacceptable, but the set was awesome. Uh, Shane, you also got P13. Yeah, and that one, I I, uh, I tried to give everybody like three or four car widths or lengths all around. And so uh, I managed to keep my nose relatively clean until the very end. And uh, even then I didn't get wrecked, but some guys got a bunch of marks on me just from touching me and then smashing themselves up okay and then today thursday open uh brent put down p8 now i didn't see him in uh team speak i didn't even know he ran uh that maybe that's left over from last week but i ran i got a p12 but that's uh not how i ran i actually ran top three all day i led 27 laps but i got wrecked out with five to go the one car was wrecking everybody plowing through the field uh and he took my lead away from me by dooring me, basically. Uh, and then once I fell back, I got wrecked by some other guys. And it was a bummer way to th end the race. But I was happy with how I was running. At one point on a restart, I went from 10th to 1st in like two laps by digging on the bottom. I mean, I was riding that white line uh, and not lit coming off of it at all. And, and the set was just sticking, man. And uh, man, we're fast this week. We are, but anytime you get on what's basically an easier track, more wrecks happen. And, um, you know, we're, we're able to talk about it on the podcast, and we have our script where we keep track of how each other's doing and stay very active. But um, are, do you guys ever kind of wonder how some of the other teams might keep track of how each other is doing instead of having to go through the the regular user interface on iRacing and hunt up everybody's standings? Transition.
Yeah, epic transition. Tafosi's intramural standings. They're sponsored by this this nice little application and website and website called iPitting. And iPitting makes it easy for you to keep track of your iRacing team's progress throughout the season with up-to-the-minute race results, point standings, and other rankings for everyone in your team. It's pretty cool. It's even projecting our drop weeks just like we do with our spreadsheet. Uh, and seeing, we're going to see how we're probably going to do in our division. Because like right now, I'm, I'm way ahead of Mason in the real points. But according to iPitting, he's going to smoke me by about 300 points because he had a few races earlier in the year that he just didn't even run. Uh, anyway, on our spreadsheet, we basically take the best finish of each week and eliminate strength of field and all that and just give points for the highest place. And currently, we are also counting all six of our drop weeks. And I'm holding the lead. And there's another nice little thing. That wins column is no longer zero. And I'm 21 points ahead of Mason. And then Tony and Ellis are both tied 40 behind. I think Mason's the only one who has a real shot. Rochette and Ellis may be kind of long shots. But I have a lot of drop points to get back if I have a bad week. So it's going to be interesting to see how it turns out. Yes, absolutely. Let's talk other official racing. Uh, I ran a fix because it was Talladega Saturday night and I was off work. I ended up in top split. Oh no. Malik Ray was in there. Brandon Cattell and many others with like 7,000 I rating. Guess what? I ran top five and led laps. I was leading with three to go, but I got shuffled and fell to seventh. But I felt good that I was running with these guys. Man, I, I can run with the best of them. That's how I felt after that race. Uh, Will, you ran Pro 2 Light. Yeah, I uh, didn't do any NIS, but I ran uh, the Pro 2 Light truck at Daytona Short. Uh, and a uh, weird glitch. The lights actually went out during the race, but uh, still managed to pick up that win. And that's the first one in that Pro 2 truck and was a lot of fun. Didn't pay the electric bill? Yeah, it was weird. The race started at like sunset and uh, by lap five, all the lights on the track went out. It was a uh, very weird. So they There's were only... on and then they went out. Yeah, they, they were on, but then they went out and there was actually only one light um, by the hairpin where you actually go onto the NASCAR circuit. And uh, that was it. And you kind of really had to race off of like reflections and stuff. It was really weird, like the moisture of the track. And the reflections that were off of that. And uh, so when I went dark, back to dark. watch the replay, the lights were on, um, just not on the racing surface. It was really weird. But uh, still a good win. Still a lot of fun. <laughs> Support your local dirt track race. They need your uh, patronage. So you got a win in a car you haven't gotten a win in. So now you got to go get a win in all the cars, right, Will? I'm a little ways to go on that one. I got most of the dirt side cleared, but... Uh, Next to none on the uh, regular oval and uh, roadside. <laughs> well, nice win regardless. Let's get into final thoughts. David Hall. The monkey is off the back. The floodgates are open, right? Yeah, I'm hoping. I was close I was close at Kansas until that incident happened, uh, and I was close to three in a row until a teammate, you know, kind of shoved me out of the way. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. But um, it does feel good. I've... I've been the consistency driver you know i've been getting been just racking off top tens top fives top fins and you know it looked like i was going to have a matt kenza style championship with our little inner inner league standings but um finally knocked out a couple of wins 
and it, it it's definitely a, a nice confidence boost knowing that I can close the deal. Yes, I'm feeling the same thing. I'm glad you're there. Shane Chastain, final thought. Um, I keep on dropping I rating because I keep playing around with stuff that I have no business playing around in, and uh, I gotta find some. Uh, I gotta find some focus. Yeah, you know that's kind of what I do. I don't run official except for NIS, um, and so that way I don't monkey up my I rating. Just get you a second account. Yeah, there, spend, there we go. Spend more money, Shane. That's the answer. Well, I mean, I, I'm spending money doing a uh, random stuff already. Yeah, but you know we're here to have fun, so don't worry too much about the rating. Yeah, the, the well, and the money spending is what I'm best at, apparently. Okay, Tony Groves, final thoughts. Well, uh, you know, speaking of spending money and getting second accounts, I did not get a second account, but my wife has joined iRacing and got Ooh. herself account and has uh, started going through the uh, you know the whole rookie rigmarole. Oh, she hasn't uh, she hasn't done an actual race yet, but she has spent a lot of time practicing, and uh, her lines are. Looking good um, on the track and off the track. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! She got a rig of her own. Are you guys gonna be fighting? Well, for now, we're gonna we're gonna fight it out. Um, but uh, you know, she really uh, grasps onto this and and uh, decides that it's you know it's a thing that she she wants to continue doing and um, putting a bunch of time in it. I got no problem getting her a rig. Not at all. What? Well, let no, me. She has you. your rig, and you get a new rig. That's what I was gonna say. Peep, use some game. You <laughs> say you use my old rig. It's fine. Good starter rig, and then you go big. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that won't fly. She she's very aware of <laughs> what's happening in 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 the sim racing world. All right. Well, get her get her going. Bring her on the team. I think Jesse get, is getting his dad into iRacing, and we talked about him getting on the team. Go get it. Will Gibson, final thoughts. I'm just looking forward to the Reddit League race this week. Um, that's the big reason I was driving the Pro 2 light truck is they're going to be running it, and uh, I feel like this is my best chance to get a win with those guys. In fact, I'm actually working on a paint for the truck right now to represent the team and hopefully uh, do good and not embarrass myself. <laughs> okay. Very good. My final thoughts, man, I can't believe I won. And I can't believe how good I'm running at Kansas. I'm ready to win there. I feel like I got a win tonight or maybe tomorrow in me to back up the Talladega win. And uh, boy, that would be nice. But as David said, uh, confidence is high. Uh, we feed it off each other. Brent's winning all the time. And the sets are awesome. And the, the team is just clicking right now. So Real happy with how things are going and uh, just confident, man. Let's go get some more. Uh, thank you to Greg Hectus over at Frozen Cactus Productions for the video. I had no idea he had that in him. I'd love to see more. Uh, you guys got to check out that win. It shows Dave, how David hooked up with me and pushed me to the win. And uh, it's a great music video. So check it out. And with that, we'll see you on the track. Later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.